Hey, everybody, this is Josh Barrow. I've been podcasting with Ken White for over five years, and in our earliest days, a central topic for us was the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels, the civil litigation over whether she could be bound by that agreement or whether she would be free to tell her story to the public. You probably remember Michael Avenatti and Judge James Selna's courtroom for that litigation, the first federal judge that we deemed to be long-suffering. Well, that matter's gone criminal. In some ways, this indictment of Donald Trump is a culmination of what we've been talking about all these years. And as I'll discuss with Ken this week, the legal theory that Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is pursuing is aggressive. It's creative. Frankly, I think what we've seen so far suggests that Bragg does not have a very strong case. But it's certainly a complicated case. And as a result, to give this matter its due, we've made a show this week that's more than an hour long. We've picked through the elements of the crimes that Bragg will have to prove and the evidence he might be able to marshal for that. We also talk about the interaction between this prosecution and others that are likely to come, prosecutions over more serious legal issues with more serious political implications. And we take a look at Trump's attorneys. Are they good lawyers? But here's the bad news. The vast majority of that show is for paying subscribers only. As you know from listening to this show, we do not take any ads. And so while Ken, Sarah, and I love all our listeners, we don't love all of you equally. We don't make any money from people who listen for free. 100% of our financing comes from listener support. And so we've decided that it's fair. If you want to listen to that show and all the shows to come over the next several months as these proceedings continue and as new indictments possibly come down, I would encourage you to become a paying subscriber so that you'll be able to listen to all those things. Go to SeriousTrouble.show where you can sign up for $6 a month or $60 a year. And we promise to keep you updated on all of those developments as they unfold. So if you want to do that, you can stop this audio file right now. Go to SeriousTrouble.show. And once you do that sign up, you'll get access to the full hour plus long show for this week. And of course, you'll get access then to all of the subsequent episodes coming out in subsequent weeks. Alternatively, you can just keep listening. But be warned, what follows this shameless sales pitch is basically just a free preview. You'll get a few minutes of high-level thoughts on Tuesday's indictment and what we can infer about its strength from what we've read and what we've seen. But then you're going to hit a paywall again, and you'll probably be sad. And if you want to hear the rest of the show, you'll just have to go sign up. But for now, here's that free preview. Hi, it's Ken White. And it's Josh Barrow, and this is Serious Trouble. Uh, so, Ken, we kept getting requests this week asking if we were going to do an emergency podcast about uh, the indictment of former President Trump. And I guess, you know, people also have this idea that we somehow metaphysically caused the indictment. We summoned it into existence by putting out an episode and, and talking about how the indictment had not come, even though people, including the former president himself, had predicted that the indictment would come, that this has some causal relationship in the universe uh, that causes the indictment. And we had some listeners who would like us to do the equivalent of a rain dance, basically figure out if we can cause even more indictments to happen. And I, I don't believe we have that power. Ken, do we have that power? I don't think so. Some people were suggesting that because I said that I would believe it when I saw it, that the indictment happened simply to put me in my place, that the universe is ordered around the concept that God hates me. And that's more plausible <laughs> than us having the power to cause indictments. But I still don't think it's actually on the mark. I mean, if, if God hated you, he would have brought down the indictment like on the second day of your vacation in London. That's true. That could have happened God loves too. you, Ken. <laughs> but so, I mean, I've also been... 
I hate the term emergency podcast. I mean, first of all, there's no such thing as an emergency that requires a podcast. A podcast is never an emergency. This podcast is also almost weekly. And so, you know, we, we joke about, you know, we cause news to fall out of the sky, but there's only seven days in the week. And, you know, we have to release this podcast on one day of the week. And sometimes there's going to be news uh, that comes on that day. So if, you know, if we release about every seven days and the indictment comes down on a day we released, that's like a 14% chance that that'll happen. It's not usual, but a 14% chance thing happens one time in seven. It's not like you should bet your life against that. Well, we've all been conditioned now to need instant news and instant commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, no longer are you going to wait for the next day's paper, let alone the the Sunday edition of the paper or the Sunday shows. You've got to go on Twitter or wherever and find out right now what people think. Right. And I think it drives a lot of stupidity. People are incentivized to come up with immediate hot takes, and a lot of those hot takes turn out to be awful. And so as we saw, you know, we got the news last week that there had been this indictment, and we we saw news reports about that it was going to have 34 counts, but with not a lot of detail, we decided, well, let's wait until we've actually seen the indictment uh, so that we can talk about it with some more knowledge. So we're taping this on Wednesday morning. Sorry for making you wait a little bit for this podcast under our, our, our sense that the podcast is not an emergency. It is it is an ordinary course matter, and, and here we are doing that. But the funny thing, Ken, is the indictment itself came down and didn't contain a lot of additional information compared to what we had already gleaned from leaks and public reporting about what Alvin Bragg's uh, legal theory might be here for why he is indicted, the former president. This indictment was quite unimpressive, right? It was, and fairly uninformative. So we had been thinking, well, maybe he'll charge different crimes, and from that we'll get a better sense of his legal theory. But in fact, uh, the district attorney charged 34 counts of falsifying business records, uh, felony counts, so they have to prove that it was with intent to conceal or promote another crime. And the indictment is, is boilerplate, bare bones. It just states the offense with no detail. The district attorney also issued something called a statement of facts that went along with the indictment. And I'm informed that in New York, this is unusual, but not unknown. And that narrated some of the events surrounding these things. It talked about how the need came to bribe uh, Stormy Daniels to shut up and how it was done and then how uh, the payments were misrepresented. What it notably does not explain is exactly what is the legal theory about what Trump's intent to defraud was, defraud whom, out of what. Also, it doesn't explain exactly what laws he was intending to promote the breaking of or hide the breaking of. So we're left with questions. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk first about those 34 counts. It's basically the scheme was he agreed to make this hush payment to Stormy Daniels so that she would not disclose uh, this alleged affair that they had had some years ago when Barron Trump was very young. And there was to be a series of payments made to make good on that hush payment. And the manner in which Donald Trump had those payments made was that he uh, wrote checks to his, uh, his then attorney, Michael Cohen, in a grossed up amount because they were going to represent this as being income to Michael Cohen for legal services rendered. That meant Michael Cohen was going to have to pay income tax on it. So Trump basically gave him a little bit more than twice as much money as what was actually going to Stormy Daniels in order to make Michael Cohen whole. And so the crimes that Alvin Bragg has indicted here, these are literally like writing the check 
for the payment to Michael Cohen or making the entry in the ledger about the fact that you paid Michael Cohen for legal services, even though that's not actually what you were paying Michael Cohen for. So that's just over and over again. It's literally like every time you write that check, you have again falsified a business record. And that's another count on the charge. Exactly. And this is an example of how, especially in white collar crimes, you can often spin a situation into as many counts as you want to. So here for each of the 10 or 11 checks, there were several different entries in different places. And they just said, hey, let's charge every single one. And we get to 34. And wow, isn't 34 a lot? And so what would be the proper way to charge this if you were not engaging in puffery? How, how would you write the indictment and how many counts would you end up with? Okay, so it's it's not there's no hard and fast rule. There's no ethical rule. In my mind, it's just what is going to make people think it's kind of chicken shit to do it this way and uh, <laughs> obvious puffery. I would say you want to charge enough so that all the evidence you want to get in is relevant. So any transaction you want to put in evidence about, uh, you probably want to have a charge related to. Uh, you also want to make sure you have charges within the relevant statute of limitations. And uh, if any charges carry a different sentence or materially impact sentencing, you want to have that. But when you have a situation like this, where these are just part of a single scheme uh, that's ongoing and they're not really differentiated in any way, because charging 34 versus one doesn't really materially impact what the sentence is going to be right. at all. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have that misimpression. They think that, you know, if you if you take the conduct and break it up into as many charges as possible and get convictions on all of them, that you can like stack the sentences on top of each other and put someone in for j in jail for a lot longer. That's not the case. It's not the case. And the reason that people think that is the way the media reports it. You know, they add up the maximum sentence for each count, say he faces, uh, you know, umpteen up years in jail when that's not the way it works. This is a charge where because he does not have prior convictions, he can get no jail time if that's what the judge decides to, to give him. Uh, and that's you know the probable result, even if he's convicted and it being one charge or 34 doesn't have a big impact on that because the judge would recognize this is just spinning out the same chain of events into multiple charges. Wait, so I'm sorry, that's interesting because I feel like, you know, people and we're, we're going to talk a lot in this episode about what looks like various weak points in this indictment and reasons to think that you might not be able to secure a conviction or reasons to think that you should not be able to secure a conviction, although maybe you will if you have a very unfavorable jury pool to the former president. But but so you're suggesting there that even if they get all the way through this and they convict him on many of these counts, that it's possible that he would get a non-custodial sentence? Oh, absolutely. So this is a class E felony. As I warned you, that concludes the free preview of this week's Serious Trouble. If you want to hear our detailed conversation about the indictment, about what exactly Alvin Bragg has to prove to establish all the elements of the crimes that he's charged, about what parts of that prosecution are going to be really hard to do, you can go to SeriousTrouble.show and become a paying subscriber and you'll get access to that full episode and all subsequent episodes. You'll also this week get our discussion of Trump's legal dream team and of how other prosecutors are likely looking at this indictment. What is Fonnie Willis, who's uh, leading the investigation down in Fulton County, Georgia? What does she likely think about this? Does this affect her decision making about whether and when to indict Trump on charges related to efforts to interfere with the count of Georgia's votes? Um, and you'll get to hear us talk about Trump's post-indictment speech when he went back down to Mar-a-Lago and talked for a really long time after his indictment. Uh, this forced Ken to clarify that when he says, don't talk about your case, he means all your pending cases. Um, anyway, if you want to hear all of that and much more, go to SeriousTrouble.show, sign up to become a paying subscriber. And as always, we thank you for listening. <laughs>